This might be the greatest piece of art that has ever released in human history. And by the greatest, not anywhere close. Dragon Ball Super Chapter 84 is a nice departure from the flashbacks we've been having with Bardock for the past two weeks. Now, as I was reading those chapters, I was enjoying it. But now that I'm here, it took a bit, you know, Super Chapters take a bit. Did we really need it for the story? Hear me out real quick. Whenever you thought of Bardock before this arc, was there anything that was really missing besides, you know, the story that was going on at the time? Was there any part of you that was just like, man, Bardock could really be fleshed out right now? I've always felt like Bardock was always executed right. Saiyan warrior, not, nothing too crazy. Didn't fuck with Frieza, of course. I mean, you know, it's just the bare minimum. We, he wasn't like a superhero. He didn't seem too much of a good guy. He was just a Saiyan that wanted to get shit done, that saved the son's life. I'm not going to go too deep into the barter, but we're here after the flashback and it's a bit awkward. I was expecting maybe this is typical shonen trope right here, but for Goku to just hit this part of ultra instinct that is unmatched, furthering his technique in a matter of gas wouldn't be able to attack him. But this is something that happens in Dragon Ball. It happens in a couple of couple other mangas when it comes to power scaling. But when, for example, ultra instinct is introduced, you know, with uh, Jiden. All of a sudden, Goku's able to naturally avoid these hits going on and so forth. He's agile. He's clean with it. He doesn't need to take any hits. But now we're getting to the point. It's like, okay, Goku's using Ultra Instinct, but it just feels like he's, you know, he's, it feels like he's just regular Saiyan. You understand where I'm coming from? Like the movement and the cinema, uh, the choreography isn't as fluent as it was before. By the way, in the beginning of this chapter, of course, we got. The, I, I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the smile Bardock gave Goku right before you know, sending him off. Now, the fact that Goku was a bit conscious seeing all that, my, maybe my memory's a bit hazy. I don't remember Goku being that conscious. But it was nice. You know, for all we know, Bardock probably had some scrambled eggs, nice avocado toast on the side, Frieza's finest toast. Probably has a whole entire supermarket dedicated for this shit. <laughs> it's just me. Definitely just me. But going this far into the story, something that has been embedded in Vegeta's DNA down to every little cell of his body has been saying pride and to have Goku what uh, Dragon Ball has been around what was he 20 plus years 20 plus years finally get to a point where he says I finally understand what saying pride is about they took this long it just threw me a bit off was the flashback is the flashback really necessary to trigger this? It hasn't been um, your other Saiyan brethren for how many arcs that you've been fighting with, fighting other enemies with. The one that's always, you know, was always yelling about being the, the prince, the, you know, the king of all Saiyans, prince of all Saiyans, constantly blabbering about Saiyan pride. I love it. I love it though. Don't get me wrong. I love Vegeta's speeches about Saiyan pride, but it took all this. Anyway, so throughout the chapter, it, I enjoyed the part where they get the OG I was about to say skins are too, too many microtransactions in my head. When, get it, when they get the OG clothes on back to the Saiyan saga, I was like, oh, they're really going to duke it on that? I fuck with it. Of course, it doesn't pan out. They go back to their traditional tra uh, training clothes. Which, by the way, why, why can't Goku and Vegeta have their beards back? I, I would appreciate a good beard like they had in that one moment where I believe it was his beard. So I don't know. Maybe it's too hard to draw. But here we are. Gas finally found them after going from um, that last planet Goku left be left him behind with Whis. Interesting to see if there will be any more interaction between Whis and Gas. But that's just me being too hopeful of the story. Going on from there, we get 
I want to say a good 10 panels of this finally building up to them fighting gas. You know, they got to talk a little bit about the dialogue, whatever the case is. Goku realizing, saying pride, what it finally means, right? And I just want to say pages 14 and 15, especially 14, super raw, super raw. I would love to get a poster of that. Now, when it comes to the still images in this manga, you can see when it comes to Goku on Ultra Instinct, it's pretty badass. He has his head lowered. His hair is just sort of flowing up. And Vegeta going ultra ego, ultra ego, I believe, straight menace, straight menace, getting that Majin vibe. And of course, we have this powerful aura. You just seeing it sear from the very fabric of the planet into the sky. It's a celebration. I'm telling you guys right now, it's celebration. Now, it's interesting to see Gas's um, family, of course, just sort of narrating the fight. And usually at its best, and not to dismiss this, but for example, in One Piece, when Oda uses characters to narrate a fight, it's either to throw extra emphasis on a certain moment to Oda's letting us know like this right here is, you know, oh, yeah, he really is like that over here. I don't know. They just feel like free commentary. Like we're supposed to, you know, just a, a quick reminder that, hey, don't forget Gas's family is right over here towards their right. They paid for front row tickets exclusively, not second row, front row. So we got to hear them talk a little bit. Going on from there, again, I enjoyed the park. Goku, Vegeta, they're launching in together. Goku doesn't seem like he's losing any focus. Still the same stern face. It just... For Goku and Vegeta to have two techniques that I don't want to say are the complete opposites. I mean, they, they damn near been fighting with each other practically their whole lives. But I would expect more than just a simple punch and kick to start off. Am I being too, am I being too nitpicky? I didn't think so either. I didn't think so. Hey, for us long Dragon Ball fans, you know, I just, I try to keep my expectations low. But yeah, you know, having that grand, you know, transformation together, it's just like, all right, maybe they could plan something unique. And then from there, I'm loving the tag team. Don't get me wrong. I'm loving it. But again, it's just punches and kicks. I would have loved a bit more game planning or at least if they're at level in their techniques where they mentally have to be in a space they've never been before, especially Goku with Ultra Instinct. I don't know, some mental synchronizing. It's like, all right, you know my moves. I know your moves. I'm blabbering at this point, but it's somewhat all right. See, Vegeta going for like a ground pound at one moment and gas is still for some, for whatever reason, I get it. Strongest being, it just looks too, not effortless, I want to say boring. It does look boring from Gas's point. I mean, it isn't any dodges we haven't really seen before. It's the typical, I'm going to move out the way here, move out the way there. We should be seeing Gas struggle a lot more with two of them, especially in these forms. Going on from there, we get the back and forth. Gas somehow being able to hold them off and hit them. And this is what bothers me. Gas shouldn't be able... Vegeta, I could understand hitting Vegeta, but that's going to work against him. Hitting Goku, I would expect Vegeta and this tag team to take not all, but most of the hits and Goku being more agile. So again, it just, I understand they're in a different transformation, but it feels like they're just in a regular Saiyan form. Yo, but besides that, don't get me wrong, this shit clean, this shit going raw, you know, gas going on with his blast attacks, both of them going on with a blast attack. And just look at the triceps. You see the triceps on Goku and Vegeta? I know I'm saying this as if I have the, the scans in the back of my voice. But if you guys are familiar with the chapter or going through the chapter with this, hey, why not? I recommend that. Uh, good work on the triceps and electricity. Uh, <laughs> that's all I could say. Because then we get to this part. And I'm slowing down a bit because I'm trying to take it bit by bit. Y'all know how I go. I like to go in chronological order before I give my end all. 
And Gas starts whipping out his weapons. And honestly, that's where the chapter just sort of bothered me. I love the part whenever Vegeta uses his God move, but then when Gas is able to just sort of deflect it back, it's just like, what? what is going on? This it just shouldn't be panning out like this. It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. We have, of course, his family in the front row seats after the halftime show deciding that, you know what? We didn't expect the Warriors to lose to the Celtics in the first game. I just want to throw that out there. This is how this chapter is feeling. But it happened anyways. And of course, Goku deflects it off and they go back to duking it out. And this is the part where I feel the narration from Gas's family could be used to note the fact that for whatever reason, Vegeta is eating the hits and getting stronger. Getting this dialogue from Vegeta is a bit redundant. We understand this. And Gas, as much as I love him as a warrior, I don't know. He doesn't. He's, he's a bit of a dummy. He's a bit of a dummy, which and overall, this chapter, we have some all right moments. I love the transformation more than anything, the callback to the costumes. But this doesn't feel like Ultra Instinct and it doesn't feel like ultra ego, the teamwork that has, you know, to this point, I felt should have been established, still feels raw, premature. And whenever we're at a point where Vegeta himself has to remind us like, hey, you know, I damage is nothing but feel for me. It's like, we've been there. We've done that. And for Gaz at this point, having experience, not just fighting with Goku, Vegeta and Granola. Yes, they, of course, are in um, these forms together, but I would expect a, a lot more fluid movements a lot more fluid movements coming from his dodges, more tactical experiences, tactical experiences. I guess you could say more foreshadowing, foreshadowing, I don't know, his plans, his hits, anything like that. Like Goku, what was it like five, six chapters ago when he was thinking, all right, let me mentally taunt gas, flip planet for planet, put him in situations where he's questioning himself and I'm able to outmaneuver him. Genius. Where did that Goku go? Where did he go? Hey, you know, these are these are some questions we will never get answered. But hey, you know, we got to enjoy our Dragon Ball once a month or whatever the case is. It's still going on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to appreciate every bit of it. In this episode, a bit lackluster. Now that I have some time to sit with the flashbacks, what did hearing Bardock really contribute to Goku? And throughout this chapter, where does the Saiyan pride really ooze out of him? In what way does it really change the Saiyan blood boiling inside of him? I don't know. Maybe that's up for you guys to find out, decide. Loving this in the fact that this could hopefully, hopefully end this trope. No, not end the trope, but after Gas, this should open up for a different villain in this arc. If not this arc, the next arc. I sort of want to get into prediction here, but I'm thinking I could save this for another episode in itself. But that being said, I'm out. Dragon Ball Super, Chapter 84. I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll give it this because it's Dragon Ball is it's a bowl from Chipotle, but it's probably a bowl that you wouldn't order yourself. It's like someone's like, hey, I didn't want this bowl. You wanted it. You, you enjoyed it, but it's not, it's nothing close to what you would order. That's the rating.